isomers. Mm. Okay, there we go. Now we're rolling. Now we got I it. Think, I think we got it now. Back. Finish up this draw real quick. Yeah. Listen to the sounds of your money. <laughs> this is a oh. going to a whole new place. We're going to a whole new place with this one. We're going to a whole new place. Tell me. Tell me what's really going on. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> I said, tell me what's really going on. Drizzy back up in this thing. I'm ready. What's happening? All right. That's what's enough. happening in? That's what's enough. happening in? That's enough. You know we what's happening? We're back. Having, we're having protests. Is what's happening. I mean, oh, I yeah. almost. I mean, we got pushed. Everything got pushed back. We were supposed to be watching the finals already. Yeah, we're supposed to be. You're supposed to be here right now. That's true. I should be there. I should be at your place, huh. relishing, relishing in a Milos Raonic 1,000 Masters victory. He's looking pretty good this week. Yeah, He's looking very good this week. Actually, the picture, I, the picture had us had us spoofed. Yeah, I, I just think back of when we were talking during the very first day. And we were just making fun of the fact that you thought I picked Milos Raonic to win the whole thing. And he might. Yeah, that is the craziest thing. That is, that this is, is so funny. This is exactly what 2020 is made of. Made of chaos <laughs> and just full of like, it's almost like in your face, you know? Like, Milos Raonic, dog, back from the grave. I mean, he, I... I legitly think he is going to like if I had to if I had to put money on it, I think he is going to win tomorrow. What's your uh what's your percentage you think he's gonna win and percentage you think he's gonna lose? I'm gonna go Man, you know, it is tough to count a Djokovic, but Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't count him out. But after watching today's match, okay, I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but I think it's 60-40 in favor of Raonic. I mean, it could be like 70-30 maybe. But today, Djokovic, well, I mean, I'm not putting it so 60-40 in favor of Raonic and 70-30 in favor of Raonic? Like in between there, maybe like 65-35. I got the opposite. I got 70-30 Djokovic. I don't know. How much did you, did you watch the whole match uh, between him and Batista Yeah, I did. I watched the whole thing. And yeah, yeah. you're right. He looked, he looked uh, his neck like, like it was really bothering him. At the end of the second set, he stopped like the whole match was basically long rallies except for the end of the second set where Djokovic just started throwing drop shots in and wasn't running down balls and he just looked like, like beat. I mean, and that's just the thing. He, I could tell you're right. With so many drops, I think he was just trying to end points early because exactly, exactly. You, don't, you don't think about that much usually. And I don't know. I mean, he was getting massages at every crossover, you know. Mm -hmm. But once the second set has started, you know, I I but just think that I still think he because he pulled out this win today. Like, like who who's gonna beat him? And he'll probably be better tomorrow than he is today. I wouldn't even count. It. I I think I honestly just think. 
RBA just dropped the ball today because yeah, that tiebreaker that was sad because he, yeah. you know, he they were both like clawing the the breaks out of each other in the third set, and then yeah. and then it gets to this tiebreak, and you think you're going to get this epic tiebreak, and Djokovic wins it seven zero with just some crazy returns and just, yeah, very it was dom- domination. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, I think. I mean, credit to Djokovic, of course, but I just think because you have to think a goot in the final set, he broke to make it four five and to serve the set away. I know. I know. He also broke again to make it five six to also serve the set away, and he couldn't yeah. do either. And that's yeah, why, he, like, he I probably think, choked. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you know, you put that in Roundish, a better server, and Roundish has actually been playing pretty well. I mean. I think if Djokovic isn't fully healthy, and I don't know if he will be. I mean, it's only one; it's less than twenty-four hours. You know, I, I think he's, I think he's in some trouble. Honestly, the way Raonic has been playing. Yeah, Raonic. So Raonic today beat Tsitsipas. It was a tight tiebreak uh, first set. That's and right. I think it was a pretty commanding second set. Yeah, he he won six three. He got a break off of Tsitsipas, and I guess Tsitsipas just couldn't break him back. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's the thing about Raonic. That's the that's the hardest part is breaking and serve. And right. on top of that, guess how? Did you see the percent of uh, serves returned by Raonic today? Serves return like it's about returning serves. No, 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 like how many Raonic returned? I I did not see now. Ninety percent. He returned ninety percent of Sitsipas' serves. Yes, and that either means that Sitsipas is a shit server or Raonic got way better. I actually did this. see that Sitsipas did not hit a first serve in until really late in the match. So maybe I, his serve wasn't that good. Yeah, I think he just didn't serve well. But, um, like, still, for Raonic, a big guy like that, to be returning 90% of yeah. Sitsipas, who's a quality player, I don't yeah. think Sitsipas, his, his serve is, is great. I think that's one thing that he'll have to develop to like be a, a champion is a mm-hmm. better serve, but right. it's not a bad serve either. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't. I, his serve's not a. I don't think it's a weak point. I mean, of course, it's not a weak. It's serviceable. It's not a yeah, it's not straight in a sense. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess let's backtrack a little bit. I think the last time we checked in, we um, did the we quarterfinal talked, predictions, yeah, quarter, right? Exactly. And in the quarterfinals, I guess we should bring up that roundage narrowly. Wait, wait, hold, on, hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Okay. Let's backtrack a little bit farther and okay. let's give the intro. This is episode three All right. of Breakpoint, a tennis podcast. I'm your host, Dange Dangerson. Yep. And, and my co host here is. It's, it's just Sean. I mean, that's it's this is just Sean. You just know me. the guy. It's just Sean. It's just me. All right. Let's get back to where we were. Uh, going over the quarterfinals. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess. I mean, looking forward and kind of looking back at the same time, I mean, you're right. What did I tell you about this first match? Djokovic Struve. Uh, I told you're right. you he was going to dismantle him, and yeah. he did just that. That was comprehensive as can be. Yeah, I, uh, I, watched, I watched the first set. You're right. I, you know, Struve was in it. I mean, but yeah, he just, at a certain point when the rally gets to maybe, you know, seven or eight shots, I, like, the chances of Djokovic winning that rally is like, I mean, it's like a hundred percent, honestly. Like, uh, Struve just usually can't keep. Like, especially when Djokovic barely gets to the ball. A lot of winners that Struve expects to hit, like Djokovic mm-hmm. will stretch, like Mister Fantastic stretch to catch it. You know, 
Yeah. Uh, just something that a lot of players, he's just not used to playing against, you know? And you're right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just a quick, almost like a, a practice match for Djokovic, really. Yeah, that was that was pretty brutal watch. I mean, you were seeing like uh, Stroop approach the net off a big serve. Mm-hmm. Djokovic just with the like precision doctor like cut at the ball to just you know pass through. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was domination. Yeah, it and was. The next match we had in the quarters were Medvedev versus Robbie Bad. Which I think we should have been more. I mean, because we had, we we were talking about how well Batista was playing, you know, and I think we maybe gave too much credit to Medvedev because really in his first couple of matches he didn't look spectacular. But he, Medvedev uh, had the lead in this match. I think he had a he, break. I, he was he won the first set and then he got a yeah. break in the second early. Yeah, and but, and then he just started. He looked tired. He looked hot. He looked tired. Like yeah. he wasn't hitting. Um, like he couldn't keep up in the long rallies anymore, and he wasn't putting any juice on the ball. And in the third set, he found some energy again, but still lost. But uh, I don't think that match is representative of what his U.S. Open is going to look like, unless it's really hot there and humid, like it was that day. Well, well, very well might be just because it's so soon. But I actually, I mean, I mean, I think it really is. Uh, like almost common knowledge that I feel like Medvedev just does not do well in long matches in general. Like, I mean, he always struggled. I mean, I guess like he's even said it before that he hates long matches. Like when he played against Nadal, um, which is funny because like, his play style is long, long matches. Like he's yeah, a baseline, like a power true. baseliner almost. That's true. But I think, I don't know. He just, I just feels like he struggles the longer, like, and that just plays well into Batista Agut's favor because he's so patient. Like, the yeah, way he, he plays is. So patient. He's really patient. What I've noticed, like, especially against today, although he lost, like, he plays cross court like a lot. Like, mm, he, oh, especially on the backhand side, yeah. I noticed that too. He and it looks so simple for him. He looks like he's just walking to his spot and then mm-hmm. waiting for the ball to come, and then just casually just slapping it deep into the, the backhand corner. Like, he makes it look real easy to do, like, play long rallies. Yeah, and, I mean, he, I mean, of course, Majizu also has that forehand, like, weapon. He'll, he'll kind of wait for that right moment where maybe the ball's too, hit too center, and he'll kind of strike that forehand, cross, like, to move you to the other side, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of his game. And I think Medvedev just, honestly, I actually think he just plays... It's weird because you're right, he's a baseliner, but he plays too impatient almost as a baseliner sometimes. That's his faults, really. Yeah. Yeah. He's got he's got the flatter ball to mm-hmm. attack more. But I think because of the flatness of that ball, it's harder for him to attack. Like you notice in the rallies, Medvedev has to stand way like Rafa position, way far back in the court. Because mm-hmm. I yeah. think he needs that extra distance to let gravity bring the ball down. Right, because he has to catch it so low. I mean, because he's he's basically swinging. Yeah, he's like, hitting it like yeah. by his knee too, which right, is, or right. maybe even lower. I don't know how high you normally hit the ball. I'm guessing yeah. it's between your waist and your knee somewhere. But he yeah. hits it definitely like at the very bottom of the, the the swing. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think that's probably why he also gets so much tired. Because I mean, players will bring him to the net, and look at how much ground he needs to yeah, cover yeah. to get to the net. You know. Especially like, uh, on such a huge court like the the U.S. Open courts, like these are 
some of the longest and widest courts in the world for sure. Yeah. Like especially the the Arthur Ashe Stadium, which they're going to start using uh this weekend, mm-hmm. or is it this week? What day does the U.S. Open start? Is it Sunday uh, or Monday? Actually, I think it's Monday. No. Yeah, it is Monday. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of space. And that means that's a lot of ground for him to cover if players expose yeah. that weakness in his game. Exactly. So, it's, I mean, it's it's safe to play so far back. But, I mean, a player, I mean, Batista Gu is not even a, a, he's a strong player. So, like, a player like him even that, you know, usually we don't hallmark too much in, like, runs. Mm-hmm. He will even be able to punish a player like Medvedev, honestly. And I'm not surprised now, thinking in hindsight, that he beat Medvedev in reality. Yeah, yeah, he kind of—he's kind of like a guy you discredit until you watch him play a tournament, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, this guy is legit." I yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So the next one was Opelka Sitsipas, and this one. This one looked like it was just going to be a really boring big big <laughs> server guy versus guy that's going to try and break down that serve somehow. And what actually ended up happening was that the big guy was injured, which Sean you mentioned in our last podcast, mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't pick up on, but I think it was five six uh, in the first set, and Opelka was no Sitsipas is just about to serve to go to a tiebreak. And Opelka is like, you know, they're changing the ends of the court and he's grabbing his knee. He's looking down on it. You see him like talking to himself and then he just mm-hmm. goes to the umpire and says, I'm out and taps rackets with Sitsipas just like that. It was so yep. casual. Uh, he was having medical attention in the in the crossover before. So two games before that. Um, mm-hmm. I think they, at that give him a rub down was- on his knee. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm of course, he probably wanted to continue playing, you know, like, yeah, he, of course. But I think I think at a certain point that like, you have to. I think he has to realize that the U.S. Open is probably more important, you know, than than like playing this. You think he'll be ready for the? I mean, okay, so the 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 U.S. commentators, they're crazy, man. They're saying like the favorites to win the U.S. Open. There's like tiers, right? In the one tier is Novak, of course. The two tier, they had uh, Raonic. Which I mean, you would not ex- you would have not said a week ago, but after this week, you could you could say that I'm still looking at the U.S. Open draw here, and the only thing I haven't figured out is who's going to win my semifinal. And Roundich is one of the people. Um, you haven't. <laughs> what? You haven't made semis. I've I've done everything else except Roundich versus team, mm-hmm. and I can't I can't decide yet. So All I'll right. probably decide as we talk through it. But like, yeah. uh. Where was I going? Just talk about how, uh, um, I guess, like, Sitsipas are... Oh, yeah, the I'm, tiers, right? They were yeah. saying, so Roundich is the two-tier, and then they were saying Opelka and Sitsipas are the three-tier. The U.S. commentators are crazy, dog. Why? Like, Opelka's great, but to be a third-tier person, like, to win a slam is ridiculous. And, and especially with this injury... Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I will say though, Opelka was looking okay against. He was like, looking good. I will yeah, say it, that. I'm ho- it, and I hope he's okay for the U.S. Open too. Right, right. Yeah, I think he could have, quite, quite frankly, made it to the semis of this Cincinnati run, which would have been pretty impressive. I'd say, like, I honestly wouldn't have expected it. So, um, yeah, I, you know, it's probably a little biased being, a, I mean, from the U.S. commentators. 
but definitely i mean it's always a bias but like it's getting ridiculous at this point they need to um yeah you know get their shit together dog yeah well i mean regardless city boss moved on after that match um uh with the default but uh i guess the other one did you which, see the last one uh yeah i did not I didn't see, see it. any I of highlights. it yeah but it was well, short highlights for this yeah one. i guess the thing is though i guess since we're gonna be talking about milos for a little bit quite a, a little bit more yeah he true narrowly escaped this match kranovich had match point um oh really yeah, it did not and couldn't close i he's definitely kicking himself for sure uh i believe he had double match point if i'm, if I'm mistaken so um I, I think Ron just escaped. He escaped like he a magic trick to escape this this quarterfinal. Um, but Kranovich was playing well. I mean, look at he smoked a team in that first round. He looked to be playing really well for, I mean, basically a, a qualifier almost. It felt like, um, yeah. But I guess Ron is just maybe her, just as uh, maybe his uh, Nash experience helped him mm. in that match. Yeah, Granovich is still young. So I guess there are flaws. Milos has not looked invincible, is what I'm trying to say, as far as this match going uh, forward. But uh, you made me rethink my uh, my bracket just now. Yeah, I of, I didn't realize that he was on the brink against Granovich, who don't get me wrong is a good player, but I mean, <clears throat> what I saw today from Granovich was not on the brink. You know, he looked yeah. commanding. Exactly. And I that's mean, how he looked against Murray, too. He looked really mm -hmm. commanding. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, like, his game of Cincy Pass was much better. I mean, I think he just... I honestly just... Man, he was smacking winners from everywhere. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that forehand, just that... I mean, even his backhand didn't look too bad today. I mean... You know what I noticed about him, too, is, is when... At least when you watch the highlights, if he's serving... That ball is always perfectly placed in one of the corners of the box, or, or if he's hitting like a kick, he hits it like mid-service box on the line. Like mm -hmm. he may not be the most powerful big man server, or right. he might not even have like the best serve in terms of like the amount of spin he can put on it, the amount of variety. But he mm -hmm. places the ball really well, and right. when he's on, he places it perfect, and the guy. If he even gets a racket on it, hits like a weak return, and he just, you know, blasts a forehand winner. Mm -hmm. That's right. I mean, that's, that's the really person having a good serve. I mean, having a good serve is a big part of like really winning sometimes because, you know, you're serving half the time basically, right? So, um, yeah, there's this saying that Mary Carrillo says, mm -hmm. and I know this because I listen to the, the UK tennis podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, but she says in tennis, you ha you need three things. You have to do two out of three things to be great. And the three things are hold serve, and have a weapon, or hide your weakness. And you have to do two of those three things, and one of them always has to be hold serve. Right. Yeah. And Raonic, he he's like, he's kind of done all three this week where he's, well, he can hold serve. He always holds serve, right? But his weapon is his forehand, and you're seeing that a lot, like oh, yeah. a lot, a lot. And he is, he is pummeling it from all parts of the court to all parts to all right. parts of the court. Like he's, 
it's just ridiculous the amount of power that he's putting on it like you can barely see it even on these like you know 1080p highlights and shit mm-hmm. um and he's hiding his weakness which i think is his backhand because you don't really see him hit many backhands i think i think he's running around him a lot well i mean to be honest that's that's the problem with i don't i don't know if it's a grip thing or it's, it's usually a, a trend with the bigger guys but their backhands look like they're just bunting the ball back yeah slapping um, it yeah, I mean the same thing with Apelka. I mean even Isner, like all those big guys. I I don't exactly know why. I I'm not sure if it's just like having to set their feet and really swing a backhand is harder when you're you know six four. But um, yeah, I I mean all these guys really have a weak backhand in my in my opinion because you think it's because maybe their arms are like so long and the racket is so short in comparison that they can't like. Like to get the whip on the, oh, this is getting crazy, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. ignore I, that. I don't know where I I'm mean, going with that. It, it's almost like explaining why there's a lot of big men in the NBA that can't shoot free throws. Like, sure, there are a couple now. Like, but everyone's getting better. But like, is there a reason why Shaq, Dwight Howard, they suck at free throws? Some people said the ball is yeah, too guess, big. I guess what I'm saying like, is, uh, like maybe their bodies are so big that they lose range of motion. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the only person I could think that maybe had a somewhat decent for a backhand that was bigger was maybe Del Potro. Del Potro backhand mm-hmm. wasn't terrible. I mean, um, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. I yeah. think the best the best backhand for a tall guy is probably um, Zverev. Oh, how tall is Zverev actually? Six He's, six. Wow, he is tall. That is He's great. tall, and he hits a sweet backhand. Yeah, but unfortunately, his problem is that his serve is nothing. The problem is that he can't hide yeah. his two weaknesses, which are his forehand and serve. Yeah. So okay, but anyway, um, let's. So so what do we have today? We had a uh, Djokovic Batista Gut, which and, we talked uh, about. I mean, I mean, Djokovic, wait, did we talk I, about it here, or did we talk about it in er, earlier? Well, I guess earlier, but. I mean, my stance still stands where I think Djokovic kind of got lucky a little bit. Yeah, he definitely got lucky because Bautista Gut had multiple chances to to win the match here. Mm-hmm. And he really did choke him all away. And Djokovic is just... Novak is just so good at, um, like, winning clutch points. Yeah, Like, he mentally, played- mentally and physically. Like, there's so many uh, like times you see him just, like... He, like, barely gets to a ball... He hits it in the perfect shot on like match point down or something like that, you know. Yeah. I it's mean, that's ridiculous. Exactly, that's where he shines. Honestly, Djokovic's mental like stability during matches. He's he's like, and especially uh, in clutch time. Like, I bet his his like stats in clutch time are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like best ever. Yeah, I mean, he he's because he's so used to playing against the crowd and against everyone. I mean, everyone. I'm not gonna lie. Everyone usually roots against them, no matter who's playing. Sometimes. I mean, obviously yeah. against Rita or Nadal, but even sometimes against like, you know, random players. Sometimes, you know, Joe Wilfred Sanga and Gail Monfils, yeah. Stan favorites, right? So, um, he's been. I mean, I think it's really just made him the villain, but it's made him so like accustomed to the pressure a little bit. It's like a, it's like a rock. <laughs> you can't break the man. Yeah. And so, you can't break the man, except RBA broke him a bunch of times today. It was yeah, a break fest, this match. I know, but neither of them Djokovic's could... Djokovic's neck was definitely playing a part 
he was getting massaged. He looked like he couldn't like roll it at all. Um, yeah, I think he's he's lucky he escaped today, and but I think tomorrow he'll wake up with a better neck, at least better than today. Um, maybe. I mean, I not so convinced. I feel like, um, because it, it, I feel like it hasn't gotten much better uh, since we've known about. True. Him, I mean, it's been him. a week basically since he's he's been feeling the neck pain. Like it hasn't gone away. And also, right. I I did as um actually watching a broadcast without any commentators, so it was literally just sounds of the ball being hit. But I heard him talk to his uh, medical team as well. And it sounded like his stomach was also hurting during this match. I don't know from what exactly. Um, Is it the Roni? I, I, I don't know. And I'm not going to lie. He was coughing during some of the – after between oh, some of the points. Lord. You know he's staying I'm, at a hotel outside the bubble, right? Is he allowed to do that? That's what I was shocked. But I'm pretty sure he's staying at a hotel. Serena Williams is staying at a, is at a house. But it's only her and her family in the house. But Novak's mm-hmm. in a hotel, I think, in Manhattan. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, clearly, look at the way he's acted around this whole, during this whole crisis thing. But that's like a, that's a personal thing, I suppose. Nothing, nothing really to do with tennis. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It was an interesting watch for sure. And it was, it, it's exactly three hours long. A lot of yeah. long rallies. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of just like grinding. They kind of play similar styles. They were just I saw a lot of backhand to backhand rallies, and then they would switch into slice. It kind of looked like a intense practice session. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, Djokovic kind of got the best of him, but Jisuku was right there. But I think this is where this is why um, I think Ryan's going to have an advantage going into tomorrow, just because you know Djokovic has kind of played a long match today. I mean, he doesn't look healthy is the biggest problem. I mean. In a sense, in a sense, the stage is set, in my opinion, for Roundish to, to, in a sense, take his first win over Djokovic. I believe he's zero and ten head to head against Djokovic. And that's why I disagree with you because uh, while I do think it's Roundish's best opportunity, <laughs> this is just a matchup that just like Novak loves. He just loves yeah. these big guys with a big serve and a big forehand because he can just pick them apart, and that's what he did. This truth. True. I, I do understand. You're right. You're right. But I don't know. But man. you're right. After... The, the, the injury to his neck and just the whole week has looked not convincing because of outside factors, you know? Right. I mean, it's just part of the game, I guess. And honestly, after Ranich, I don't know, he went to Woodstock. I don't know where he was. Um, he's, uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's looking enlightened. Yeah, after he discovered LC, L- LSD, LSD, I think he's, yeah, I think he's uh he's he's really he's really a new man. I I like this new roundish. I like Reju- rejuvenated. Yeah, this new hippie roundish. I'm a fan. I mean, he's been playing well, and especially if Djokovic is still like injured tomorrow, like I just I had to imagine you'd have to struggle against big hitters. Like an injury is like you're putting so much more pressure on your body, you know, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I expect in a quote unquote upset tomorrow. Um, with so, so yeah, let's talk about tomorrow. You, you, you said you had what percent Raonic winning over um, uh, Djokovic? So I, I'm saying sixty five thirty five. I think it will go to three sets. And It'll you got Raonic, right? 
I still got Ronish Tate yet. So I'm the opposite of him. I got 70-30 Djokovic. Although the more, the more we talk about it, the less confident I feel in that. But, you know, I, I've, I've uh, not counted Djokovic. I've counted him out too quickly for so many years that I've learned my lesson in the last two, especially. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just not going to count him out. I think he'll still, he'll still find a way somehow to pull out a win here. And that will give him the... Uh, the double golden masters these terms are stupid but if he yeah. wins tomorrow he'll have won every masters tournament at least twice which right. is a ridiculous statistic like just highlighting his all-around greatness at you know all surfaces all speeds of court and that's ridiculous mm-hmm. is he the only player to have done that i don't know of any yeah he's player. the only one yeah. to do it once and he might be the only one to do it twice tomorrow right yeah, I uh, although he did get Cincinnati last when he did it the first time, he got it in 2017, Seven, 20, 18, 18. 20, 2018. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know, maybe something about Cincinnati makes it so difficult for him. But they're not even playing in Cincinnati, though, they're playing in, the, in, in New York, but yeah, um, and New York, Novak does generally, he does very well in New York, although you know, he's only one, which kind of shocked me. I think it was only three, three, four U.S. Opens. I think it's five. I think he's tied with Federer, right? Or he's got he's got twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. Twenty fifteen. Who won twenty fourteen? Oh, Chilich. Yeah, twenty fifteen and twenty eighteen. He only has three. You're right. He does only have three. And so that's kind of trippy because he always goes at least to the semis or the final here. But I mean, it's weird that he can't. Uh, convert it to a win a lot more often like he does at the other slams uh i guess he just prefers the slower australian open versus <laughs> the quicker well US i think open. the u.s open used to be slower than the australian this year is it... it's definitely faster and yeah. i think that's also going to help roundage tomorrow is the speed of the court is looking yeah very fast like i is if round plays at an average like at his as far as his average uh skill level he's played this tournament like i have see actually a hard time Djokovic, even though he's a great returner having a hard time breaking round to serve i mean it was a break fest with batista Agut and Djokovic, but man i don't know i don't i think round is just, just i mean has Djokovic played big servers in this in this draw I uh, let me remember. see he played i think the biggest server he played was Struve. right so, yeah, I can see that argument. That yeah, it'll so. be a, it'll be an interesting match, actually. You know, you <laughs> see it on paper and you go, Ronis Djokovic, this is for sure Novak's going to win this, right? He's ten and zero. But the way Ronis has played this this week, he looks like the best player in the tournament this week. Yeah, I agree. But it's still Novak Djokovic. So it'll be interesting. You have Ronis in three. I have I have Djokovic in three as well. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a tough one, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, it'll be a good match. All right. We have caught up with uh, Cincinnati, New York. Mm-hmm. Should we do the U.S. Open draw, or should we save that for tomorrow? Mm, 
Let's do it tomorrow. I think, yeah, I think uh, we're already at an hour here. We tried to we tried to keep this to thirty minutes, and we have obviously failed. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I think Tess is just too. It's, Tess is back, baby. It's back, There's, baby. Yeah, and we got to talk about everything. You know. Yeah, yeah, you know. We got opinions. We we got staunch opinions. Yeah, we got things to say. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll cut it off here then. Okay. Um. Well, so I guess we'll be back tomorrow yep. to discuss uh, the final, hopefully a good final, hopefully a three-set final here. I don't want to see yeah, um, no sweeps. No a one-way destruction either way. I don't want to see Novak lose because of neck injury and Roundage just overpowering, and I don't want to see Roundage lose a quick two-setter because Djokovic just like picks him apart. I want to see both of their uh, strengths shine against each other kind of thing. Right. That's no fun. Yeah. Okay. So we'll talk about that tomorrow, and then we'll go into the U.S. Open uh, men's singles draw. And uh, we're going to try and shorten that compared to the Cincinnati draw from earlier this week. We'll do our um, best. It's, uh, it's still... Yeah, honestly, I still see this being like, Two hours or one yeah. to two hours or something like that. Fuck it. And there's know. a lot of interesting matches looking at the bracket that I've done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All well, right. We'll see. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll see you in game night, one Discord server over, and uh, that's it. We'll talk to All you right. guys tomorrow. See ya. Yeah. <laughs>